The views and opinions shared in this podcast do not represent those held by American Football Ireland. This is just a podcast, guys. Just a bit of crack, so please chill out and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Domestic Game Podcast, where we talk a load of shite about American football in this little country called Ireland. We are your host, Joe Kinahan. Let's get down to it. Jason, it's been so long since I've opened up an episode that I nearly forgot my words there. Swore, <laughs> probably for the first time in the podcast. I don't know if I'll need to flip that out. Are we a child-friendly show, Kelly? Do we need to... That is so funny that you said you swore probably for the first time in the podcast because you love cursing. What are you talking about? Ever since, ever it's the since... first one that's going to be. It's the first one that's going to be kept in. I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I often try to get rid of them, or I can just tick the box that says that it's explicit content. But yeah, once once <laughs> Joe joined the domestic game team, the domestic game became an adult podcast. So it yeah, that's the, uh, <laughs> the, as soon as I joined the editor, the workload went up by about twenty percent. Like, I know stuff, but um, yeah. So anyway, this episode, this is our bowl, our flag bowl episode. Our episodes are a wee bit slower these days, but I think we're getting a bit more content filled. I think we're opening up the platform more to our players and our coaches and directors and all whoever so look at that takes a little bit of time um, to put the episodes together so I hope people don't mind that um, the episodes are a little fewer a little slower but hopefully overall better <laughs> Kelly, do you want to break us down what's going on in this episode today? Oh yeah, so I'm I'm happy enough with this episode today, I have to say. So it's all things flag bowls 2022. So we have uh, the director of flag, um GP flag. <laughs> director of flag, um GP joining, and then we have the the Minotaurs, your glass bowl champions of 2022 joining, and then we have after that the Panthers, who are the Emerald Bowl champions 2022. So yeah, July that they could all join. I suppose we'll go straight into our first interview with GP, who I caught up with earlier. So joining me today for a little interview is uh, Director of Flag Football, Guillaume Polanski. GP, we know him as. GP, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast oh, today. Thank you for me. Please take a few minutes to introduce yourself, your history in football, and just let us know about all the different experience that you've had. Sure. Well, I'm just going to say my name right first and there's no confusion anymore because people tend to, to make a mess of it. So it's Guillaume Poznanski. Poznanski, <laughs> sorry. My bad. Oh, I'm so insulted. No, I'm <laughs> um, So now I've, I've lived in Ireland for about 20 years and for a couple of years I used to play soccer and then rugby and then I, I went to flag rugby for a while as well just um, because I grew up playing sports a lot. So I did a lot of basketball and uh, Olympic handball when I was back up in France. So I was looking for something to do other than soccer and rugby. I was a bit fed up with the whole the fact that it was they're the biggest sports in the world. So I was looking around and uh, I came across the, uh, at the time was the IAFA website and they had a little section about flag football and they contact this guy. And there was Ken uh, Farrell at the time was uh, looking after flag football and it's, I just told him where I was based. So I can talk to these guys and uh, have a team in Tala and it all started there and and I was hooked uh, pretty much right away when I started playing with, with the at the time of Dublin Vipers in Tala 
been folded a couple of years ago. So that's where it all started. And then obviously I was on the older end of the age group. So um, after a few years, I stopped playing and I was more interested in, in the coaching and the organization of the sport. There wasn't really any at the time. And I think it's around the same time, IAFA or FAI 2014 started to want to organize something or to get something going anyway. So they had regional divisions and they put me forward as a, a regional manager. That didn't last long. It lasted about six months and then they asked me to be director of the whole league after that, which I took on that I was fine doing it. And because I love those, those sports so much, I wanted to see things happening and that weren't happening at the time. So obviously the organization, the structure wasn't there. So I think a lot of teams welcomed that. And then we started with eight teams um, that year and then it just went on um, for about six years. I was director. And then I wanted to invest a bit more time in national programs. So I, I, I kind of put my name forward to be the, the head coach for the national team at the time. And then I was that for two years, but it just happened to be during COVID. We did have a bit of a program started over the, the last year or so in 2021, which uh, was positive. And obviously, Robbie, who was director at the time, wanted to step down. So well, I'll, I'll focus and make sure that the lead still goes and someone else will pick up um, as head coach, which which happened with Dan Shaw. So there's a continuity in the whole thing, which is great. And um, there hasn't been anything kind of dropped in between the time, uh, in between the changes as well. Which is, so for, for eight years straight, the league has been growing from strength to strength every every season. We started with eight teams again, and we had 24 teams last, last season, oh. which is the most teams we've had. I think we started just over 100 players eight years ago. We had just over 400 this season. So it's all positive. Now, it's, I'm not saying it was easy and there was no hurdles to get over it. It's quite a lot of things we had to battle against. And one being the fact that everybody saw flag football as an enemy to kitted football for a long time. And uh, that uh, a lot of people would think that flag football is dangerous for contact players. So we try to change the, that image or that impression of it and try to include it more as a way to enter American football. So it was a way to start the non-contact aspect and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, that's where we are now and that's where I've been involved in so far. So yeah. Yep, that's that. No, and I, I think that definitely, definitely people are seeing it more as a, as an entry to football, for sure. And there's a lot of kind of exciting things happening in the flag football world. And that, of course, is reflected even in the increase in flag football memberships and teams and so on. So I suppose as director, give us kind of a little bit of insight into the role that you do, specifically the things that kind of fall into your remit. One of the biggest things is really to do with administration and organization. So whatever happens in the back end before the, the season starts, really it's scheduling people registration, team registration, make sure teams are up to scratch and that follow bylaws and all the rules that we have to, to abide by um, before competing. We have a, a flag football committee, so we have a few people that can uh, that do help in making decisions. I didn't have that when I started eight years ago. Obviously, I was new to the job. So it's something that I've learned to use a lot more, to use the people's advice and people's inputs a lot more. It did help the season runs as smooth as it's been ever run before. So like, I'm not saying we, never, we didn't have any problems, but it was much easier to have a group of people to be able to work with. So I'm only there really to kind of make the final decisions when, whenever it needs to be done. But having those guys around was very helpful. And then what I do as well, I work with the board and the board of AFI when it comes to major decisions that would affect the entire structure of the league and that, and that sort of thing. This year, I've been involved in trying to build up the structure a little bit better so it's a bit more efficient going forward and it's easier to have more happening as well within the year rather than just the 
the two months or three months we've been running the league in the past. And then what are we doing now? We're trying to organize uh, new tournaments as well. I'm working on getting a relationship going with BAFA, our British neighbors. I have to be uh, the face of flag football for the country when it comes to dealing with other countries as well. So trying to work on getting a an official's pathway as well. So it's working on the course for officials for flag. So yeah, it keeps, keeps me busy for at least a good six months of the year and then probably a bit more going forward because we're going to have things happening. What do you think the biggest differences are from where you were in 2014 to coming back to the same role in 2022? Uh, well, our presence is a lot bigger now and it is in the mind of all clubs at this stage. So remember I was saying that we had to fight with clubs to get off the idea of the flag isn't an enemy to get it or it's not there to fight against get it, but trying to work together. So we're getting to a stage where a lot of the clubs are actually understanding the, the advantages of having a flag program in their club. Funny enough, fun fact, actually, the uh, all the teams bar one team for the playoffs this year for flag are all club-based or American football clubs mm. who have a flag football program as well. I think the Dublin Bay Raptors are the only standalone flag football club in the whole in the whole playoffs. So it's you no know, kudos to those clubs who actually invested in getting coaches and getting team managers and even investing in, in equipment. A lot of those teams used to play with their own kitted jerseys. Now they all have their own jerseys which is amazing to see because it just means that those clubs really want to invest in flag and see the benefits of having flag running in their club. So the likes of the, the Cowboys again, the Panthers and the Minotaurs, these guys are legacy clubs. I call them legacy clubs because they've been running a flag for approval programs for as long as I've been around as a director. So they're some of the best clubs in the country when it comes to flag football. And it shows in the fact that it's invested so much over the years. And I know other clubs are picking up like the Vipers in, and Donegal uh, Dare Vipers, who've done very well over the last two seasons and never played before that. So it goes to show that we're not so much an hindrance, but more of a help for those clubs to be able to grow the numbers. And also the, the proof in the pudding as well, that showing that we're not so so bad after all, and we are, <laughs> and want the same thing that is to grow the membership overall, grow the present American football in Ireland, grow the Irish style of play that we, we like and try to export that as well to, to show to other countries, which obviously is going to happen next year with the European Championship. Yeah, and I, I certainly think that the season that we've had in 2022 really bodes very well for this championship. I feel like flag football really on this island has never been healthier and very excited for the the direction where where it's all going to to be totally honest and what are your future plans now for football i mean firstly i hope you're enjoying your off season i know the off season doesn't last quite as long as people think it lasts but you know what kind of ideas or what uh, visions do you have for your department going forward well, quite a few things. So obviously, from experience, we know that only two months of competition in the year isn't enough for anyone anymore. So we're trying to find ways to get players to play a bit more in the year. So what we're going to do for next year is we're going to have two blitz days, two tournaments. But those blitz days are not just going to be for players. They're going to be for officials. So we're going to have the clinics in the same day. So officials be trained and they'll be officiating for games taking place on that day. And we're going to have also, um, we're going to invest quite a lot more time and obviously resources in trying to get the women's game going a bit better. Not to do with the European Championship, hopefully we hope that we'll have enough for have a, to, to have a team next year, but it's more to do to grow the game for women all, as a whole. So we're trying to um, work on a on the program, which is called Women's Skills Day, which is going to happen the same day as Blitz Day, but it's only, only going to be for women. None, it's not going to be a mix Anything's going to be coaches dedicated just to train. And we're going to open that to 
the entire country. So hopefully, uh, just like we've tried to do with uh, the national team, trying to open that to other sports. And then we'll do that on one blitz day. And then the next blitz day, then we're hoping to enter two or three teams, women that we've created on the first blitz day against teams from other countries. So we'll open the second blitz day to international teams and then try to bring them over, especially in the back of the European Championship happening a couple of months later in that year. Hopefully we'll have enough advertising for Ireland being a country for flat and a lot of people will come and play. So yeah. we're trying to do that. And then in the back of that, we are dropping, it's not news anymore, everybody knows it, but we're dropping all college teams from the adults league as well going forward. And now we tried to do that for years ago. So obviously we needed a number of teams to be able to run a, a league properly, but just it's come to a point where we have enough teams as it is we're not college teams. And the other thing is uh, colleges have their own schedule. So it's hard to kind of blend their schedule with the schedule of normal clubs and make everyone happy. So for a long time, we had to kind of wait till September, October for the seasons to start, which means that we finished early stage of winter. So what's going to happen is all colleges are going to have their own competition next year. We're planning to do like a two or three weekend blitz and format. So all the teams will be in one venue and they'll play each other on the day. And then at the end of those two or three weekends, then whoever is the most game wins the Hopefully, we're, there are more colleges who are interested to come on, and that's a nice way for them to come on without being afraid of having to not having enough players in October because most colleges will start in September, October. They might not have enough people trained by then. What's going to happen is colleges will come in in October and they'll have a whole four or five months to train with their team. And then in February, March, or April, then we'll have those blitz days and the, the, the lab, they should have enough numbers to play against other. And the, the benefit of doing that as well as means that all these guys or, or ladies playing for college teams can also play for local clubs because the season then would start hopefully. And then we, obviously we need to define the, the dates and when it's going to happen, but we're hoping to bring that, the, the whole thing by month to start sometime in July and to finish early October rather than early November. It gives us enough time, two or three months to actually have a league like we've done for years but at least we have the good weather to play it, which means that more people are going to want to play in that in the good weather than rather than winter. So that's that's what's going to happen. Obviously, we're going to take a big break in October with uh, sorry in August with European Championship, and then we should finish then the season in October next year. Oh, that was GP absolutely amazing year this year for Flag. Really has been brilliant, and I appreciate the amount of the amount of work that he's put into it and when the flag committee and all have put into it. This year we had 120 scheduled games for flag, which was, that's like a league high since I have ever been in the AFI. Even back when I was on IAFA, I think back as far as 2012, he had a graph of like the amount of games played or the amount of games scheduled each year. And like this year was just through the roof, like, you know. So again, putting more football out there for everybody to play was fantastic. I think every team getting 10 games to play, not eight, helps. Just that extra game day, it feels like a long, even though it is only one extra game day, it feels like a longer season. Yeah. It feels like a more complete season. This year, my experience, especially in Premier Division, the amount, the the quality of football, as we'll kind of allude to in these next two interviews, has really, really stepped up since, say, 2018, 2019. I don't know, something, I guess a load of teams just kind of snapped during COVID and were like, right, we hated that year gap, so we're going to get really good now. And (laughs) we're just going to completely outperform all our expectations that we have in front of us. Like you look at some teams, like um, we kind of got a shock. We were thinking, oh, you know, we played during COVID and, and we went 500 or whatever and had, we were projected to have been in the playoffs in that COVID year, 2020, yeah, 2020. 
And um, we played well in the Shield. And then 2021, we got to the playoffs and we were like, right, here we go. This is, we're on the onwards and upwards, you know, first year in Premier Division, first full year in Premier Division. Let's we kind of smash it at the park. Let's go 2022. Let's have a better season. And we started, was it one and four? When we started 0 and 4, we were like, okay, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> and again, it comes back to that whole, like everybody in Ireland has just seemed to really step up their level of football out of nowhere. Like you had the Vipers. I mean, the Vipers got to the playoffs and myself and Robbie had them ranked like number 11 in the division. Yeah. So to have come up against them and, you know, they're a great outfit to play because they are scrappy and they are really, really passionate when they're out there. And Paddy Maguire, have I messed that name up? I'm sorry if I have. Paddy Maguire, I'm pretty sure Paddy Maguire, the head coach there, he will be roaring at you and he'll be talking to officials and he'll be looking at you like he hates you. And then as soon as that final whistle goes and you're shaking hands with everybody, it's a completely different animal. And everybody there is a completely different animal. Like they're really, really, they're a great bunch to play against. And I think everybody like that, everybody has been like that this year. You know, everybody's been really competitive, but like good sportsmen too. So that was something I noticed this year as well. It just everybody seems to have appreciated football more because of that break without it. Okay. Yeah. it. I think I went off in about five different tangents there. But yeah, the TLDR of that is football fun and football good in 2022. <laughs> I suppose that kind of naturally brings us into the, the next round of interviews. We'll start with the glass bowls, the glass bowl champions. The Minotaurs, yeah, a few of those, a few of those boys you'd know very well. Yeah, first name basis, I suppose. First name, yeah, first name basis at this stage. Yeah, so we'll go straight into our chat with Connor, Niall, and Jack. Joining us now uh, are a couple of members from the Division One Flag Football 2022 Champions, the Westmead Minotaurs, a team I definitely have no ties with whatsoever. Joining us today is Connor Brennan, Niall King, and Jack Lynch. Lads, do you want to introduce yourselves there? Yeah, sure, I'll go so, first. My name's Connor, as Joel said. Um, I've been involved in the Minotaur since day one and have been playing flag since the club has been founded and represented Ireland twice <laughs> in uh, European Championships years and years ago and now at this stage. And yeah, I've just been playing quarterback for the Minotaurs for about 10 years and been involved in the coaching side of things for contact and playing uh, for the contact team as well. My name is Niall, or as everyone else calls me, Kinger. I don't think anyone ever uses my first name. Playing flag, probably for, I think, seven or eight years. I was the team manager up until this year. So I'm just a player at the minute, which is I'm finding much more uh, enjoyable, funny enough. And yeah, that's it. Grant, and I'm Jack then. Been playing back football then for six, going on seven years now nearly. I originally just started off with the Minotaurs and the contact, and then Breno kind of introduced me to the, the flag side of it all, and, and that kind of dragged me into the sport a bit more. This year then I took on the, the team manager side of it uh, off of Kinger and I can see what he's saying. It's a, not an easy job to be doing. You have a lot of moving parts and pounding boys for memberships and all sorts of stuff. But uh, no, I just you know, love the flag at the same time. Um, that's it. Like. I suppose the first question coming off this season is down in Div 1 for the last couple of years now. Obviously, it's no secret the kind of one thing hounding the Minotaurs as a flag setup has been forfeiting games and kind of missing out on playoffs because of that, even though games we you did play, you were flat out and winning pretty much every one of them. First of all, I suppose, how, how did it feel to get a full season of football in, a full season of flag football in, you know? Leave that with um, Jack to monitor. 
<laughs> oh, God, yeah. God, I was going to hop in there. Go on, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I suppose, I don't know if I take too much credit for getting a full season in. Like, I think in the past couple of years, when we there's been games that we've had to forfeit, um, it's honestly God, just been purely because it's been the one weekend when there's been a certain portion of the team just either aren't here through injury or it could have been lads out of country had other things on and at the end of the day it's an amateur sport so you're not going to make anyone give up plans that they would have had weeks, months in advance and come down and play flag but like well, that's what kind of was going on in the past it was great to get full season of flag in this year you know, we, we did a good bit of training and stuff before the year and to finally manage to get into the playoffs without having to forfeit any games and then managing to go and win it all was great but I don't know if Brenda wants to add anything more he might have more of an insight there as the, the head coach I suppose was he for the year if you want to call him that yeah if you want to call me that I, I don't know I think it was more ceremonial than, than anything else but it was great I think this year we kind of were very very focused the last few years I think we've been in the doldrums a little bit like it's been hard to get people down on Saturdays and I especially think um, there's often quite a fair bit of travel involved for us being in the middle of the country and having to go to different places and I know it's the same for everyone but at the same time when you've got five or six lads and one can't go all of a sudden you're you're in trouble but this year I think our numbers were much much better I think we all were very focused we kind of realised that hang on now we don't want to be in with all due respect to the glass bowl like we I don't think that's where our place is. I mean, when we started this club, we were emirable champions, I think, the first year. We were second, the second year, and third, the third year. And then we just kind of fell off the track, a little, the, uh, fell off the cliff a little bit there. So we know our place is at the top table. So we were very focused this year. We were we were training. The games came thinking fast, which I think may have helped. In September there, I think we were on the road for three straight weekends and in many ways that was actually probably helpful because you couldn't take your eye off the ball any in any way so well actually I say that one one game we actually played with four four people but that was factors outside of our control as Kinger will probably fill you in on but uh, we managed to win both of those games with four people and I think from that point could have easily gone a different way there we could have just kind of got oh here here we go again but we rallied with those four and uh, we won those two games. And they actually proved very, very important at the end of the season for our seeding. So it was great to get a full season in. It was great to win the whole thing, obviously. And we know that the standard is extremely high up the top table now. We know that teams like look at the Panthers and the Cowboys and many others are just, I was watching some of their games there in that final saying they're unbelievable, the quality like. So we're going to have to be much, much better. But as long as we're at, sitting at the top table, I think we're happy with that. Yeah, well, here, what's the what's the story with the four man crew? What happened? <laughs> yeah, I, I like I, I know they were setting me up as if it was my fault, but it was actually it was me. There was me and two others in my car, and we got stuck in some kind of a long merciful traffic jam, the the wrong side of Newbridge. For we were on the motorway for six hours, like couldn't move. We're like if we walked to the pits, we probably would have made it, but then my car would have been on, on the motorway left there. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like to be fair to, and like credit to the lads I think that was like the making of our season like we really expected them like we figured they'd play the games but we thought they might get a bit of a pattern because like if you're down a man like it's it's like it's if you're playing with a basic five it's tough because you're playing both ways yeah playing with four men for the, for, for two games is incredible to come out with two wins so I think that was the, the making of our of our season really yeah absolutely even Connor looping back to you you, you actually nailed the first question that I had for you which was really about previous years and, and this year and what was the difference between 
the previous years and this year, but I really, I think you've, you've hit that one on the head. So I suppose, Jack, then you're very well known as a kiddish football player. What do you like about flag versus kiddish? What is it that you enjoy out of flag that, let's say, means that you continue to play it while you're also a kidded player as well? And I know that you all kind of fall into that category as well, but I'm just specifically asking Jack this one. <laughs> Yeah, uh, sure. I suppose well known to some people, not well known enough to other people in the country at times. But uh, sure, that's a story for another day. But yeah, like flag is just like I suppose we were kind of having a chat before, and like it's such a nice, fun kind of casual thing at times. Like obviously, when you get into a game and it's tight and it's competitive and your know, tensions can run high and you obviously want to win the games. But at the end of the day, like if you're out, just it's a lot less stressful than kids can be. Obviously, the kids are so much like, there's so much of a run up to the kids season and the games can be so long, so intense and everything. But the flag side, like at the end of the day, I look at it a lot of times just going out there with like a bunch of lads who I'm like really good friends with and we're just playing again football. Like like we're, I don't know what we have, maybe 10, 12 lads on the team. Like my brother started it up there the last year or two. So like, and just going out there and just having a bit of fun with the lads and like as serious as you take it in one sense the more you kind of maybe take a step back and say oh, why am I getting annoyed this game like sure it's only a bit of football like um, even though I'd be the same person giving out to Breno and everyone else that had any possibility but uh, <laughs> like flag is just it's out to everyone like. um, <laughs> out to everyone including myself it's just it's. I think it's just a great sport it's a great like introduction to football and it's great like a company to kitted, the more you play flag, I find, the more natural you'll be at playing the kitted side in certain positions and stuff. It's just it's, a, it's great. It's almost like a great little training exercise at times. Joe, I'll give you a bit of space there to ask a question. Oh, if you sorry, sorry. I, yeah, I, 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 I know what I'm like when I when yeah. I start. <laughs> just don't start. Well, before, like at the very start of an interview, I have a bit of control. I'm like, oh, let, let Joe ask a question. Like, do what you mean? And then as we get into it, I just friggin' I lose run of myself. So Joe, while I'm while I'm still saying, like you work away there. Yeah. Jack, you'd mentioned obviously your brother Daryl Lynch and then you've got like lads like younger lads like Sean Dalton and Peter Dempsey as well who started up and taken to the flag and you kind of see that obviously it helps with your depth as well and you finally, as we've said, full season and I think one of three teams in Ireland to put up 400 points and I think one of the top three or top five point difference as well. Obviously with how dominant you were in Division 1, are you kind of looking forward to bringing that into Premier Division? Is there, Breno, you'd mentioned there's a bit of a, a step up, but is it something that you're kind of happy to take on? Like a, it's a new challenge now and finally being back in Premier Division, is it something that you're looking to kind of meet head on? Kinger, I'll leave that to you. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it's it's definitely going to be a massive step up, but I think that's something that we're all kind of looking forward to. Like, we, we all know that, like, as competitive as we needed to be this this year to to win it out, we, we know it's 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 going to be maybe two or three times harder again um, next year. So, yeah, it's I just to echo as well what, what Jack said. I, I I find flag it's a really good way for anyone to kind of get into the game as well. And and if if you're not really okay with kind of how kid it works, like flag is definitely a very good kind of stepping stone for that. But yeah, it's something that we're, I think, all looking forward to. I think we might actually, we might try and, I suppose, get ourselves a bit more organised before this, or the next season starts as well and get a few more training sessions in beforehand. Because I think it's hard enough to get lads to to kind of get together once a week for Kata to try and ask someone to do it you know, twice a week for 
part of the year to, and, and get a, a flag session in as well is quite tough, you know. Yeah, of course. And I think it's, I mean, the Minotaurs, I think it's just had such a fantastic season this year. And I suppose next year you're, you're really going to have to focus on the organised side of things because year after going up a division in two sports in the kiddish and, and the flag which I just think is a huge accomplishment for any club to have done in one single year it really is an absolute credit to you. how do you feel going into the next year and what you, you know the amount that you probably have to do in that year do you feel like you're preparing well for it and that it's kind of going to be something you're just going to tip away at or do you feel like oh there's a there's a bit of a mountain to climb yet is in relation to flag or in general I think as a club as a whole. So it's kind of, um, yeah, the, the main thing will be like flag just for the episode that's in it. But I'm fine if you want to give a little bit of a little bit of a shout out to the kid inside as well, just because of the club um, that it is. Well, I would say for flag wise, I think we, as, as one of the lads mentioned there, we're definitely going to have to tidy up a few things. We're definitely going to have to recruit a bit more. Looking at the squad sizes of some of the other teams, like the Panthers had nearly, a, I don't know how many they had, 20? 25 felt like that anyway. It certainly looked it when I was watching them that day. So we're certainly going to have to probably build on the squad a little bit. I think flag is useful, as Jack said, is to, to introduce players to the sport. And I think you're better off introducing new lads to the top end of whatever sport you're doing as opposed to some of the lower divisions of it. I think it, they kind of see what it's truly like. It was even like for me when I was playing, uh, when we went to Italy initially with Team Ireland, and you're playing against say the Denmark team and you think you're pretty good, but then everyone's six foot five. Yeah. And you realize, oh, we have a we have a mountain to go to be even competitive in this. And even back in 2013, then the second time around, we were again, we were so much more organized, Team Ireland, but again, it's just the quality is still there, it's still a, a, a bit of a gulf. Now that was almost 10 years ago at this rate, I think, not even maybe five or six, but um, like even with the Wolfhounds now. And the Spanish game, again, like there's some really, really good performances and it's trending in the right direction. But it's still just that, like I'd say nearly two touchdowns in the difference at the moment still between Irish teams and the rest of us, uh, the rest of the world, I should say. So for us, with flag anyway, we're just looking to keep building. We're looking to really recruit heavily the women into the sport. And I know I was having some conversations with, uh, with GP about that as the year went on, about how you can attract more women to the game and get them involved. And so we're going to look at getting that going ourselves and then just be competitive in the top division. And I would say playoffs is certainly very, very much in our sights. After that, we'll see what happens. With the contact, we're definitely in transition as a club. There's no doubt about it. Like we can't get away with having 20, 25 lads anymore playing Division One football. We have to have 30, 35, 40 consistently. And uh, one of the big things that we have at the moment is, or we don't have is a youth team. And you see teams like Cork, especially pushing that hard and how it just keeps the players turning over on the top team and how they can just stay competitive year on, year on, year on in. So we need to definitely develop a youth team. We need to develop the flag a bit more, get more women involved. We have to stay in the top division. Uh, no doubt about that. Our goals are very firmly realistic for next year. I mean, a few wins would be absolutely unbelievable for us. And everyone knows that. So, yeah, we're in transition. We're in transition in a good way. But it's just going to take a, a, a whole lot more effort from everybody to actually go up to both of these top divisions and stay there consistently. Yeah. This is kind of just a question that I asked the other the other head coach. I had the uh, the Panthers on earlier in the week, but they'll actually in this episode they'll be on after. You. But as a head coach, and you have these goals, you have these things that you want your team to achieve. How do you get your team 
on board with the goals? How do you get everybody aligned? I don't know. I don't even think too much about it. Like, I just think honesty, if you're just very honest and you don't, there's some colorful language I could use to describe it, but you just need to be honest with them. You just kind of bring everyone together and kind of set out the goals as you see them and make them believe that they can actually achieve those goals. It's very important as a coach that you give the players confidence. If you tell them we're going up to the SBC guys, we're going to beat UCD and the Rebels by 30 points, they'll probably laugh at you and they should laugh at you because that's an absolutely ridiculous concept. So you say to them, look, guys, this is what we need to do. We need to aim for a couple of wins and hope for the best after that. And I've taken over on the defensive side now this year, which I think I'm looking forward to because it's just something different. But I've been saying to the guys, we're just going to make life difficult at the end of the day. And then they're like, yeah, I'd be up for that. Like people want to fight. Like if the players that want to have that fight will fight and then just give them the tools to go and do that. So if we say we're going to just make sure we're going to try and turn the ball over as much as possible. And uh, we might start giving up 100 rushing yards and that, but let's just put pressure on the quarterback and get some turnovers. And we'll measure ourselves or base ourselves off those goals rather than something completely unrealistic as like wins or like, or say like eight wins and playoffs and stuff. But I just think uh, like with our club is so small and for me, I've been involved from day one and these guys here on the chat as well. I mean, Joe was down there handing out flyers, I think for the, um, the team Ireland the first time. I don't know if Joe remembers that, like, there's a, yeah. there a few young lads like that. And so he's been in it from day one as well. And I think when you grow up with each other, you battle with each other. Like I've shared the pitch with these guys here as well. So there's no secrets. Like, you know, <laughs> we're all on the same page with that. And the culture is very, very important. And we've certainly changed the culture over the last few years. We can still work on it. It's not a finished product. But uh, I think we have, a good, uh, we have a good culture. We're not going to fall out with each other. And yeah, that's, that's what I think it takes. It's not all about the X's and O's. It's just being honest with people. That is very well answered. For the other guys then, like, do you agree with that? That all works for you? Like, you echo, what are you saying? Yeah, I think one thing Breno did a couple of years ago when he was the head coach was he got us to actually sit down, like, properly maybe rate ourselves in a sense. It was like, we'll say for me as a receiver, it's like catching ability or it's like hands, what do you rate your hands? And it was like, you can go into a game thinking, oh, I have 10 out of 10 hands, blah, 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 catching every ball. But it's like, if you're actually comparing yourself against the top, top level of what you're supposed to be doing, where are you? What do you need to actually improve on? I think that's a big thing that, that like, if you go into a game or you go into a train and just treat it as like, oh, gosh, this is just another Sunday. This is two hours. I have to go down here. I'll get, get it done and get out. Like, you're not getting the full amount out of a training session, whether it be flag, whether it be contact, whatever. Um, I think, like, you have to take a lot of personal kind of accountability on it like I know I came into to last year like hadn't played like a proper competitive game since hurt my knee in the final of the 2019 season and I was like oh Jesus for the first game I was like oh like am I going to be able to like get back to where I was and say when I thought I was doing class but you actually bounce back even harder when you put your mind to it so like as better saying like it's not about going in with confidence that we're going to beat X, Y, and Z team by 30 points. It can be going into a game thinking, right, we're going to get 150 passing yards and two passing touchdowns today. And if we hit those goals, they just give not only one person confidence, it gives a whole unit of like one side of the offense confidence or whatever. It can just lift the team up so, so much and, and kind of propel everyone on to, to do so much better. And then uh, as Ben was saying, it's just about kind of get, giving everyone the tools and kind of getting schemes and, and an organization down into to everything. And that kind of, it can fall down from from the kit to the contact 
our stakes are indicated to to the flag. I think the more organised we are indicated, the more organised we end up being in the flag because you see if we're organised when we go out playing our kit football and then if we go down playing flag and we just all rock up and we're just arsing around, are we playing as well? No. Why isn't that? Because we're not organised. That's a big thing. I think it's kind of looking at the other members of the team, other members of other teams and seeing where you can you can pick up from and what you can, what you can definitely improve on is a big thing. Joe, do you want to ask another question? Yeah, I suppose we'll kind of circle it back to flag a little bit back into Division 1. Based off of who you played last year and kind of how games went, are there any kind of sleeper teams that we need to look out for next year? Are there teams maybe on the rise or just missing that one step that if they can find it next year, they'll be up with you in Premier Division? This first flag. I thought the Rebels Rebels 2 team was actually very, very good. To be honest, I know they missed the playoffs in the end, I think, by... A game, a game or so maybe was it but they're a very, very tricky team in a sense they weren't a quarterback stand back there for seven seconds and then laser it in they were, they were doing all the small things and a lot of misdirections and stuff and I know that definitely the second game when we played them in Time of Park this year in the flag was we struggled against them because they were just doing everything right and look when we took our eye off the ball on that day it just all fell, fell apart a little bit first, but um, I thought that was actually a great stepping stone for us on the air being like, right, we've had a slap in, slap in the head now, like let's cop on and, and like get things right for the next few games, for the playoffs, whatever was next. So I'd say the Rebels too for, for my pick. I'm not sure what the rest of the lads would be thinking. Kildare were, were, were quite good as well at times this year. I think you're going to probably say the same thing as me. I, I thought we were very, very fortunate that on the day we played Kildara uh, in the semi-final, they didn't have Jordan Farrell. Yeah. I think he's an excellent quarterback. And you asked Kelly or Joe, I think, uh, about the which teams to have a look out for. Like, I think every team is very, very good. But if you need a quarterback, at the end of the day, you need a quarterback. And uh, I'm not just saying that as a quarterback, but at the end of the day, like, if you can't move the ball through the air in flag, you're at nothing, quite frankly. And Kildara bet the breaks off us there in Mullingar in the first game of the season, I think it was, absolutely hammered us. And when we figured out we were playing them again in the semi-final, I'm not going to lie, we were like, oh, this is going to be toughy. This is going to be a really hard one. And then it was very fortunate that Jordan wasn't there. Now we still ended up, we were down, I think, 12-0 in that that game. We started really badly and then eventually pulled away in the second half. But well, a lot of teams, like I thought Carrick Fergus as well, uh, or sorry, Belfast, <laughs> Should say in the final, I was like, these guys are very, very good. We just played out of our skins in that final, to be honest with you. But I think in general, the standard of flag has really improved. There's no gimmies really. I, even like Waterford, they're brand new. But like by the end of the season, they started to put up points. They started to figure out that really in flag, you have to blitz all the time. I know when I'm standing back there and the team doesn't blitz, I'm like, well, okay, happy days. I can just, I can throw us whatever I want. So you have to blitz. And they figured that out. They figured stuff out about how to move the ball. They're just a quarterback away, really, from actually being competitive. I think every team is like that. The Quetzals, and for me, I, I, like, were, were, I, think they, I think they play the game slightly differently to everyone else. I think they, defensively, they, they cause those problems at times where, like, we'd nearly be kind of rushing to, to blitz and all of a sudden it's like a little quick pop pass. I think they're, they're, they were quite good at that. It just makes you think a little bit differently about how, how to play that. Mm. I think as well, like, that it comes back around to the rules as well. Like, some teams are set up really well to take advantage of some rules. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, like, say for us, not saying we're the best, we're by far, no way are we the best. We're in the second division, like so. But ours is so simple. Like, there's not a whole lot that can go wrong. Like, if I have a terrible game, 
then that's probably why we're not being competitive really like if I'm not throwing the ball at all whereas some teams like the Quetzals and that are really really good at what they do but sometimes they can run into roadblocks with the rules because they, they're so tricky and there's double passes and all this kind of stuff and I wonder yeah. does that hurt their momentum sometimes does it cause more problems than it solves I think the Wolves are another team that has some absolutely unbelievable talent on it and I've been chatting to some of them before and it just feels like that if you just simplify a little bit more you can go up and down the pitch they, they could easily go up and down the pitch on people like they did on us a few times when we played them mm. the Rebels as well as Jack mentioned I thought they were excellent I really really did I think their quarterback was superb and they were we were very lucky to beat them that time with four people I think it's like a man being sent off in any other match it's much harder to beat 10 men than 11 sometimes but in the second game we played them they, they bet us well like so there's a lot of really, really competitive teams in the second division. And I haven't seen a whole lot of the top division, but I've seen the likes of Panthers and the Cowboys and that. And I know they're excellent too. The Vipers are another team. We've had some great games against them in contact and they're getting better and better and better. And again, they're just one or two positions away uh, from being unbelievable, I think. It's just so competitive and it's good. It's good for the sport. I think it's really, really good for the sport. You rock up at a flag game now and you're like, you better be on it or you're going to be punished. No doubt about it. The contact as well. We lost to UL there in the last game of the regular season. And I, I can tell you here and now, speaking as a coach too, we took our eye off that game completely. We thought it might be a bit like the previous one, you know, where it was tight, but we might see it out. Oh, they they came and they bet us asunder. They ran all over us and they we could do nothing against them. But uh, it's great. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes it exciting. You don't want to go somewhere and just you're just turning up and just walking out with a win sometimes. So I think a lot of teams, to be fair, long-winded answer to the question, but there's a lot of teams that are very, very competitive. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great answer. Your kind of road to bowl win in the flag this year was, was a grind. You know what I mean? You showed a lot of grit as a team. You just kind of kept going. But um, was there ever a point where you didn't think you were going to win it. Let's say, I think you, you played, it was Kildara and then on to the Knights, let's say, but even throughout the regular season, like, was there ever a point where you were like, oh, I don't I don't know if we're going to achieve this goal? I don't think so. Yeah, when I was sitting in the car in the motorway for six hours, I thought, well, I was going to get back into Looking out the car honestly, window and watching the honestly, like, football like, game. Honestly, like, so, <laughs> I, I was so depressed going home that day and I know that maybe speaks more to my character, but like, I was annoyed having missed two games. I was annoyed that I had two lads in the car that would have made them, like, obviously helped make a, a huge difference. But like, at that point, I was like, until I heard the results, I was like, this this could cause problems now. But luckily... So that was it. I, it's yeah. funny though, I, I, I was with that game. It was myself, Jack, I think, uh, Niall Fulton and... Yeah. Yeah. But like, all four of us have been around since day one. So if if you were to pick four guys just to play a game, you, I, I would certainly not include myself, but myself included. Like, I'd be like, yeah, go on, we can, we can function here. But it's a bit like, I don't know, I, I kind of, in my head, I'm like, it's actually fine. I'd actually rather be up against it than be favourite, to be honest with you. But I don't think I, I know we played, but we lost one of the first games of the season, but whatever, that happens, you get bet sometimes and it was a very good Kildare team. But um, no, once we got going, I was like, realistically, we should be in the final. No doubt about it, we should be in the final. It's just a matter of whether we can hold, we can hold together for the final. And I just, I really feel the contact season and how we've grown as a contact team has helped the flag. As someone else mentioned it there, because we came into the final of the glass bowl as if it's just another game. To be honest, we had already gone through. We played the American team in March, which was effectively a final. Like it's one of the yeah. hardest games I've ever seen us play. And yeah. then we had to roll into the contact season. And then 
we had to overcome some really, really good teams in that. And the UL Vikings in the final are an unbelievable outfit. And like I think I mentioned uh, before, I think they should be up in the SBC. They'd have no problem. Because we overcame all that in the contact and then rolled into the flag, it was kind of like, look, if we just perform, we're going to win. And I am just a big believer that it's all in the head. It's all in the mind, really. At the end of the day, yeah, you know, if you believe you're going to win it, then you're going to put yourself in the, in the conversation to actually win it. And no, I don't, to be honest, no. There might have been a blip maybe on the final. I think we went down. I think, did we concede first or we had a we had a bad defensive drive initially, I with think. A, with, a really, with, with a really bad start to the final. Really bad start to the final. Yeah. Yeah, we, ter- we started terribly in the semifinal. We were 2-0 down or 12-0 down. And then we came back. And then we started poorly, I would say, in the final as well. And Niall Fallen made a great interception on the goal line to stop the Knights from scoring. And then we just ran away with it because it's like, right, we settled down there a little bit. But no, no. I If you ask me, am I going to have the same opinion on the games next year? Probably not, no, because it's going to be a whole lot tougher and there's going to be a lot more L's, I think, in our column. But no, I, for me, I don't know what Jack thinks, but I, I did never really doubted that we wouldn't win it. Yeah, no, I probably would echo what the lads were saying there. Like, I think when we kind of took a step back at, at, at different points in the year, we were like, we looked at ourselves and we kind of thought, look, like we all knew we have the quality to play in the top flag division. The fact we're in the glass bowl, like no disrespect to, to the other teams in there, but we we felt like we'd been in the that division long enough, like we needed to to just cop onto ourselves and just get out of it in the end of it. And yeah, like going into Going into the semi-final, coming down, was it 12 or 13 nil? No thanks to Brando's pick six to start off the game. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, like, look, when, when you're facing that adversity, when, when you're down 12, 13 nil, like, it's a huge testament to, to the lad's character. It's almost similar to what happened in the final of the, the actual contact when we, were, we end up, what, being down a score and, and coming back and winning that game. And, like, it's just, like, you can see the fight in the lads. You can see all the lads just wanted to, to win, but no one was getting, I don't know what the word it would be, no no one was losing their cool, no one was panicking at the time. Everyone knew we had the resources, we had the players, we had the scheme to go out and win the semi-final, win the final. I think probably the only low light of the season for me was losing that game against the, the Rebels' second team in Time and Park. And like I think Brenna was saying earlier, like they, they came out there that day and they hammered us. And... Like our lads, we just were not up to the scratch to the, of that day. Like just some boys put in good performances, some boys lost the head altogether. Like, and that was the first game on that day. And then we turned around and played the Wolves in the second game. And thank God we turned around and played a second team. And thank God we ended up actually winning that second game because I say if we went home after losing to our Rebels team in the way we did, I'd say we would have there would have been boys losing their head going home. But like going in, playing another game, like everyone kind of gelled back together. Like it's at the end of the day, it's one game of the regular season. It's not the end of the world. But like, look, same as the other lads, we, like <laughs> long-winded answer. I, I thought the whole time we, we were going to win it. I, I had full confidence in us as, as a team. Um, I think we had, we, we had the players to perform. I was going to say though, Jack, like we, uh, we probably have a reputation around the league of being very chippy. <laughs> but oh, yeah. more <laughs> and there's no point denying it there's no point denying it and I know other teams listen to this podcast will probably be nodding there going oh yeah he's dead right I think we're very we wear our hearts on the sleeve a little bit like really really want the best out of each other and we want the best for we want the best for the whole thing like we want the best refereeing we want the best competition we want the best for ourselves like when I throw a pick six like 
I don't need anybody else to pile on. I'm already piling on myself there to be better next time. So we do probably have a bit of reputation there of being <laughs> quite quite uh, chippy, I would say, is probably the best word to use. But uh, spirited, yeah, you can call it whatever you want. Um, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, you see a lot of other teams, I think, uh, are the same, are in the same boat, to be fair. It's not just us, but uh, it just shows how important it is for people. Like uh, flag football gives people an opportunity that maybe contact isn't for them or they're recovering from an injury or something like that. Or it's, say, they're a minority, say, like, say, like, there's not, I, to the best of my knowledge, I don't know how many women contact players there are in Ireland, but you have twice that number, at least in playing flag, which is great. You get younger people, older people. So it is, it matters for a whole lot of different reasons to people. We have some people in our team now are pushing, and quite frankly, should be on Team Ireland, both contact and flag. And so they're on one hand pushing to put themselves on the radar of those coaches. And then you have other people who simply are maybe going through stuff themselves and they just want to push them and prove it to themselves that they actually belong in something like this. And when you get all those people mixing together and you put them in a competitive situation, of course, it gets emotional. But I think if you can harness that emotion correctly, you can see what results you can get out of it. I think we did that really well this year. We were probably angry, I suppose, a little bit that we were in, that we weren't competing for the top tier prizes. A little bit like that because we were only down really because we ended up forfeiting games, which sometimes can't be helped. The guy is sick. He's sick. If he's driving the car and three people like Kinger, like that could have been a case in point where we could have had to forfeit those two games. It's nobody's fault. So just about harnessing that, I don't really know what the, the national setup is and I don't know if you have any questions on that, but like I think if the national team has to play with the same emotion too, otherwise it's going to be tough against the, the Danish and stuff like that. So um Emotion is good. Emotion is good. Obviously, you have there's lines you can't cross, but you need to have a bit of emotion in the sport. I think. Bit of passion, passion for it for sure. Yeah. Joe, any other any other questions on your end? No, I think I'm all I'm tapped out there. Yeah, I I think I am as well, guys. I I think you're just kind of after covering basically basically everything that that I wanted to to hit on. I suppose we'll because I've already asked you about your plans for the future and your goals for the future. I'd usually ask this year, but I suppose I'll finish it then and I'll just say kind of around Robin, like who would you say was your MVP of the season for a flag? I'll go Connor, Niall and then and then Jack. And like then Wyatt as well. Yeah. Like your your for MVP. Us or- no, for yourself, yeah. Like who do you as a coach Me, say, obviously. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, no, no. Well, I, I always said to the lads, I want to be the reason why we lose and the reason why we win. So that's why I tend to throw pick sixes on the first drive, just to kind of, you know, <laughs> set the yeah. scene a little bit. Be the reason uh, we no. lose, yeah. Be the reason you <laughs> lose. Can I use this for next season? <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been teaching Joe from the sidelines the last few years. It's all about making it about himself. Make it about you. <laughs> You drag the team down or you bring them up one or the other, but don't let anyone else do it for you. I know I'm I'm joking, of course. Uh, for MVP, I can't really comment on the top uh, flag league because I, I've barely seen any apart from highlights. I mean, for us, like, uh, was tons of lads had great years. I, ca- I actually probably couldn't name one of them. Maybe I could ask uh, well, the question a different way then. Different question, let's say, what was your favourite drive or your favourite play? from the season? Oh, I would say it was probably 
there's a couple of favorite moments. I remember throwing two absolute peaches of balls to Sean Dalton in the final. He dropped both of them. <laughs> and, <laughs> as some people, as some people may know about me, my my arm is shot to pieces, so I don't have the same arm strength. If any team Ireland coach listens to this, uh, mute it for a minute. But my arm strength is is about fifty percent of what it was. But I uncorked two peaches to Sean Dalton in that final, and they're like rainbows. And he dropped both of them. My favorite drive would be the final drive against the Rebels. That time we had four people and we were on defense. And basically that was it. Like if we stopped them there, we won the game. And I think uh, we went right down to the one yard line, fourth down, and we made a stop there and we won that game. That was a great feeling, I have to say. That was the best drive. That was a defensive drive, might I add. So yeah, that, that's my favorite, I think. Yeah. Niall, what about you? Favorite player or drive? I think maybe it's not really it's not it's not a drive. It was I think it was Follin's goal line interception against the Knights in the final. That like that really like we had gotten off to a bad start in the playoff in the semi, and then we kind of gotten off to it like defensively. It was looking a bit shaky at the start of, of that drive, and then Follin comes come this kind of out of nowhere, and I think that really swung everyone's mentality, even on the sideline. It was like okay, we can we can stick with these, like we can we we can go now, you know. For me, I think it's Fulham's goal line pick, probably. That one. And the worst drive for you was probably the drive along that motorway that day. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that that was a yeah, that was a pretty yeah, and yeah, then, that was a part, that that was a low light of the season for sure, personally. Yeah. And what about you, Jack? Favorite favorite play or drive? Drive, yeah, like where Kingers one there, the example of Fulham's pick. That was I remember standing on the sideline looking at it, and I seen. The, the Belfast quarterback throw it and I was like that's either hitting the ground or it's being caught by the, the receiver next thing fall and dives out of nowhere and catches it was unbelievable to be fair um, so that could be up there otherwise there was a play so I don't think it was our next drive or our next second next drive on offence in that Belfast game in the final Benno just put it I don't know I was in the slotting around a six hours or something like that in Benno just passed it off to me and managed to just I just somehow evade all the tackles and, and go down the pitch for for the touchdown. So that that was a good one for myself. MVP, I'm obviously putting myself down like <laughs> personal pride I'm putting myself in. Yeah. That's not like you, Jack. You're just right. Uh, someone has to do it like wide no receivers are divas, don't they say? Always open. <laughs> you mentioned at the start of this interview. You mentioned at the start of this interview the bone to pick with somebody. Is this the right moment now to start throwing names out or is that a second? Is that another podcast? I don't like not names. It's, it's more so like, look, you know me. I get a bit ratty when I need to be anyway. But uh, I know, come here. Look, I suppose like from one standpoint, like the, the flag, the Ireland flag setup is been going very well so far. Like I've been involved in that now since since it's come back. It was on and off for a couple of years there, but um, like it seems to be back and it's it's been run really really well. Like it's very very organised the back end, the kitted side. It's a bit more. You're called up. You're you're given a text, and it's a case of trying to come to training on X day, and you're like, yeah, Jesus, you jump at any opportunity to to go training or to get to kind of get that level of exposure. But then, whereas the the flag side will will give you the playbook, give you plays, um, to give you the tape side and the kit to go up to training and to play your best and to, to be the best version of yourself. If you go up and you have one bad session, it kind of that's kind of the only opportunity you're gonna get for could be that year, could be for all time. Do you know what I mean? Given given the players that are that are there who who are good enough to contribute to the team and 
whatever way it may be. I think that's fair. I think it's one of those that um sometimes or a lot of the time we see flag as like a feeder to kiddish and sometimes kiddish mm. have something to learn from flag as well. So thanks for, for yeah. sharing that. I think that um you'll you'll get us in trouble with that Sherlockish, you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, we have trouble, never mind anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a nice little pipe bomb to end this, I think. Yeah, <laughs> just, drop, just drop that on uh, on a sort of an a amount. large amount of editing done here now tonight. Oh stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, two people who care my Instagram DMs will explode. <laughs> <laughs> That's the boys, anyway, from the Minotauris after coming off a winning season and Jack Lynch doing his, his best job trying to get us cancelled. But look <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm sure we'll say no more. This next interview is, I loved doing it. It's with the Panthers um, offense coordinator and QB, Joe Gray, and the head coach, um, Ryan Eccles. And it was actually hilarious because Ryan was flying at the time and um, couldn't get onto the the call at the time that we'd scheduled it and so I'm chatting away with Joe and uh, you know I do a a very nice chat with Joe and then Ryan could actually make it so Ryan kind of joins us joins us in the call about halfway through it so I kind of asked Joe a set of questions and then asked Ryan a similar set of questions if not the exact same ones but uh, it's amazing to me the the coherence between between the two of them but I'll say no more on it and I'll I'll, with it because I don't want to spoil it for anyone listening and we'll just let the boys do their own talking. Yeah, so I'm Joe. I am the offensive coordinator and the quarterback for the South Dublin Panthers uh, flag football team. I got involved with flag, oh, wow, so many years ago at this point. Uh, I think it was like 2010, 2011, maybe. Wow. Mark Lawless, uh, another current OC, I think for the UCD, he was the head coach for the Rhinos when I moved to them and he was involved with this flag football tournament in the U.S. Embassy for the 4th of July. And ever since then, I've been hooked. I started up my own team not long after that, the Dublin Vipers, again, back in the day, whenever that was, like, present 12, 13 or something. And um, from there, we were a very good team back in the day, kind of winning a lot of stuff. It was kind of ourselves and the Minotaurs. And then from there, eventually, we kind of folded from the Vipers. And then I joined the Raptors, because Todd had joined our team, the quarterback for the Raptors. He joined our team, so I joined the Raptors there. And then last year, I joined the Panthers and have not looked back ever since. So you you weren't playing with them last year, were you not? You just started playing with them this no, year? No, just okay. this year. Interesting. So how does the team then compare to teams you've played with before previously then versus your experience playing this year? Just, I, like, I will say it comes down to kind of Ryan Eccles I'll be perfectly honest with you straight up he he was the head coach or is the head coach I should say and just the way he runs things it's totally different so uh, with the Vipers I kind of I was the head coach I suppose if I want to self-label something and it was self-run we had fun and that was the key thing and then with the Raptors between pretty much myself and Todd same situation mainly Todd in all fairness but again just same thing it was it was run group of guys getting together playing ball doing drills but then joining the the Panthers like everything is methodically timed spaced out we do specific things for specific reasons whether there's 20 people whether there's one person doing that specific drill that drill is getting done for coaches so myself Ben and Ryan we would weekly have a call to be like what's the plan for this week and again I think maybe it's a rarity for other flight teams I don't know but we were trained twice a week Wednesdays and Saturdays which I think came across you could see when we were on the field we executed very well we were very effective very efficient 
uh, yeah, because again, that training came in. It kind of got to the point at the end of the season where near the end, it was like uh, during training, it's like, kind of, what do we do now? Like, how do we improve? Or, like, and again, that's something I'll be looking forward to next year is kind of like, how can we up it more? Because it came to the point where I was like, let's just play a game because we're kind of, like, there's nothing else we need to teach to some degree. Like everything was kind of running smoothly. I know that should never be the case at all, but um, you know, game reps are always better than anything else. But yeah, I will say Ryan Eccles organizing everything, phenomenal. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it sounds like everything was kind of almost professional type level. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And then even, even uh, Joe Buchanan in the background, not, not even the background, but again, he was kind of like team manager. So organizing all the schedules. I mean, it, yeah, just incredible organization. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've worked with Joe. Um, he was actually on the board when when I joined it originally. And I'm a big Joe Buchanan fan, I have to say. And oh, no, 100%. 100%. Not surprised that that's also the the ethos in the flag, kind of. Yeah. And everyone, everyone buys into it. I mean, all the players, no matter what level they're at, whether they're brand new, whether they've been playing flag for years, uh, everyone buys into it and everyone knows they have a job to do, which is insane to think for like a flag team in Ireland you know that kind of thing yeah yeah totally but in saying that because actually I spoke with um, GP the um, director of flag mm. before you and I got got talking and there's huge opportunity in flag coming up so I think that a lot of that kind of plays into what we're doing at the grassroots at the minute it's suddenly this kind of little sport that uh, was not really kind of seen I mean for me my background 100% is kidded I didn't even know there was a flag the flag was a thing in the country I think until the Vikings set up a flag team years after I started there with that club and whereas now it's like flag is kind of growing I think from strength to strength and we start to see a lot more opportunity for it to grow so I, I just think it's so exciting it's incredible and again the things like from I think at the very very beginning GP started with us the Dublin Vipers back in the day and again, without his skills, whatever he's done throughout the years, it's just taken us to the level we're at as well. Like, so he has done a phenomenal job in yeah. the past few years. Like, yeah, he really is. He's he's just he loves flag football. He's I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. met anyone as as passionate as him. Joe, I was gonna I was gonna say to you that when I was trying to set up these interviews and trying to whatever, you were recommended to come onto the interview, but you were you were given a wee nickname, so you were you were called the Unsackable Giant. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? I <laughs> uh, couldn't couldn't be revealing the sources, but you know how how do you feel about that one? So, yeah, I mean it's, it's a new one to me. Um, uh, I think my mom started to start calling me that one. Um, <laughs> the unsackable giant. Yeah, I I I, I little fifty hips. I suppose you could say. I, I don't like to make it easy for the vendors. <laughs> but yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it that's that's kind of what you're known as as you've said already you're you're also you're QB and you're also the offensive coordinator for the Panthers so I mean and you've, you've also said that you kind of reached a point on the team where you're very comfortable in what you were doing in saying that coming up to the final you'd had a fantastic undefeated run I think that the other team that we have to mention that also had a similar at that point fantastic undefeated run is the Cowboys and so you're now at a point where these two teams that are kind of a real like clash of the titans there um, in the final which I just think was so exciting you know what I mean what was your your prep like and even if you only want to answer purely from an offensive perspective that's fine what were your thoughts on the Cowboys what did you feel their strengths, weaknesses were, 
And then did you have any kind of type design plays type things that you knew that you wanted to do against them on offense? If you need to need to repeat that, that's kind of a three question. (laughs) If you need me to repeat any of that, you let me know. Yeah. So like, again, the Cowboys, like particularly with, with P Locker and back there, I mean, they are, they are giants in, in the game of the flag at the minute. Like they are so good at what they do. We kind of made a rule kind of leading up to the playoffs where we didn't really think about the Cowboys. Our first job was to get through the Vipers. Um, mm. So the, we so our, the Vipers in particular played a different style of defense to some degree. And um, mm-hmm. so we kind of really, really focused on attacking their kind of attacking them in whatever ways and it, it worked out well i think we put up over 50 points or something so that's where the game planning kind of really came into play we knew again from we did our research we did our homework and as coaches anyway we kind of reached out to different people obviously we hadn't faced the cowboys because they were in the northern division we were like what do they run just so we can get an idea if because yeah. again if we lost the vipers it was it was useless information to us but we we kind of knew what they were going to do and they didn't really change much from what we expected them to do. Um, but we had game planned for for other teams in our own division who run the same kind of defense they run. So we were able to kind of pick them apart to some degree. Uh, yeah. That kind of does them an injustice saying that, those kind of words. But of yeah, we were, we, were able, we were able to move down the field yeah. uh, because when, we knew what they were going to do. When you say you know what they're going to do, like what is it that you know that they're going to do? Like what type of a defense do they run? They run a, a two, like a for what I say a two-two with a blitz down the middle. So ninety yeah. percent of the time they're leaving the middle un, un, uncovered. Most teams do do that, and that's where like the the playbook I designed it has various numbers of different plays. But each I have I have it broken down basically depending on what defense I'm seeing or what defense they're running. There's only a certain number of things they can do, and I will be honest, particularly with the the receivers we had. You know what I mean my mind's better than your man. It's as simple as that. Yeah, well, you have to say that. <laughs> <I'm> like, <I laughs> it, it, it is true, I will say. It is true. They, the, 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 the athletes we had were 10 out of 10. Yeah. They bailed me out of a lot of situations throwing that football. If you had to pick at this point, you know, now that the season is over, like maybe a favourite play or a favourite like two or three plays, any standout one, can you describe it? Who was there? What were you seeing? And, you know, what was the game and what happened? Ooh, that's a good question. I will say that, yeah, there was one. It was down in Cork. We were playing the Raptors down in Cork. And we currently held, it was, it was the last weekend, we currently held the number two seed. And we had to put up the 91 points over the two two games that weekend. And last, I think we were in the, we were in the far, fourth quarter, or the fourth quarter, second, second half, in the two-minute war. And I think it was like 35 seconds left or something. And we were, had 89 points or something. So we had to score to get the one seed. So Ryan... Again, he was my center all season. He ran like a, a corner, but he got bumped and stopped halfway. And I was like, oh no, here we go. And uh, but whatever <laughs> happened, he, he decided to run again. He just made the decision. He wasn't even looking, but he decided to run again. And just at that point, I threw it up, scored the touchdown. We got the number one seed. So we were able to face a different team other than the Raptors. Because like the Raptors, we played two games against them and they put it up to us both games. Yeah. Um, so it was, not, it was nice to play a different set of people as well. You can imagine, yeah. The Raptors are really yeah. benefiting, I think, from that merger with uh, Thomas Town, it just really has kind of 
given them a new lease of life. And I think like Todd Zaboyan, his name is just syn- synonymous with flag in Ireland that you give him oh, yeah. you know, a fresh bunch of <laughs> eager like players that want to learn the game and want to excel at it. And he'll know what to do with them, you know, yeah. shows. 100%. Todd, Todd, Todd is easy top three QB in, in this league, in my opinion. And then the, Tom, the Thomas Town guys I'll be playing with them they really took a step up this year I had never seen them playing play the level they had before particularly Jack Jack whatever he did like oh so impressive so impressive like we were we the Panthers we were, we were trying to go abroad to as many tournaments as possible we went to one not too long ago in the UK and then we're going to one in the new year in Glasgow and um just to kind of bulk up numbers because numbers were kind of light at the time. So I like Jack was one of the first few of the pops in my head being like, Hey, you want to come with us? Because again, he balled out, like he balled out. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that you did that, that tournament over in the UK and you won it. Congratulations on, on that as well as the bowl this year. And you had a few players that saw that Peter Lochran went and Ray Burke went and Ray Burke. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ray, Ray of course is a kidded Panthers player, but a flag Lions player. Lions player. Yeah, because yeah. he's yeah. living in living in Belfast, and, and it suits. Yeah, the, the commute, the commute would have been a little bit easier for him, I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. But and how did the how did the tournament go? How was it playing with kind of a different set of like offensive weapons? Yeah, it was it was good. It was it was different again, particularly the first kind of few minutes in. Obviously, we kind of played our own Panthers guys, whatever. Just kind of get used to everyone, and then Ray and Peter would come in and like I think we all know Ray Burke and Peter Lockwood's names for a reason like they are very good ballers very good ballers yeah it was very good to play with different set of people as well and again the, the tournament itself was great crack I mean we, we in, in a weird way not to sound cocky in any way we wanted to go over there and get get smashed as in like we wanted to lose we wanted to take away something from it you know how can we get better and that's the whole reason why we want to go abroad is to get better to learn from better teams and yes we won don't get me wrong that's incredible that's awesome it means we're doing our job we're doing it well but again it's uh, it's all about getting better and that's what we want to do particularly as coaches yeah. is we want our, our guys to improve it's like the I think back in 2012 there was an Irish team like I was part of the Irish team that went over to the European Championships in Italy that time and that core group that was there on that team, because we had I'd been experienced to like a whole different leap of competition, though that, that core group of players just all of a sudden were better than everyone else because they got the experience, the elite higher level kind of situation. Yes. So going abroad, going up against tough competition, you're going to get better. So like, like again, you, you the Cowboys and the Eagles, they are two teams that tend to go away a lot to different tournaments. And again, they generally are the top teams because they get the experience to that and they get to learn from those tough competitive competitions and games. So that's what we're doing as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's one of the best things you can do aside from anything else. Mm -hmm. There's something very fun about an international tournament because in a sense, like when we play in Ireland, we all know each other. We all get on very well. You know, we'll say we'll have the crack before the game and after the game, whereas an international tournament, you don't know people there. You're not their friend when you go out onto the pitch. Like you are actually, you are their friend by the end of it. But when you go out there, it's a different level of, competitiveness because you don't owe anyone anything out there on that international stage and I I love it we do we do a few of them in Singapore and I just so enjoy the international tournaments I just think they're they're brilliant and you're right you learn so much from them because you see mm-hmm. different styles of play you'll come up against teams that are 
fast and tall and you'll come up against teams that are fast and yeah. short and in flag you can you can play both that's the thing you can you can actually mm-hmm. play both i was going to ask you then you know about kind of the the wider league like which teams maybe surprised you this year when you came up against them where they might have been maybe a bit better than you thought that they would be or even maybe if there was a team that you thought was a bit worse or than you had anticipated or or what kind of are your thoughts on the competitors in the league? Mm, that's a good question. I will say from refing games, <laughs> the Rebel second team, like how like I, like I know I didn't really face them, but from refing them, they blew my mind. 99% of the time they had five guys and they just blitz teams in whatever way, in the weirdest ways ever. They were, they were very impressive. Yeah. Um, the, again, I didn't see any Northern games at all other than playing the Vipers and the Cowboys, but from the Southern division, the Eagles drop-off was interesting. The Eagles drop-off, they didn't they didn't have a QB. Obviously, Maddie yeah. Amara was away, and then Jordan played the Crusaders. Yeah, so that was interesting. That was interesting. There's not, again, the, I knew, I knew the Raptors would be good. I, I, I knew the Raptors would be good because you can never count out Todd and his, his, he's got a very good playbook from playing with it. But again, the, the way the, the younger lads came in and balled out this season, that was very impressive. I like, I always knew the first training session I went to the Panthers, I was like, this is the team. Like, this is the team. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think anyone would put it up to us as much, particularly with the way Ben runs his defense from training with it. I still don't understand the defense. It's <laughs> like, I don't, you don't know what you're getting. Like, it's, it, it is crazy. Like, it's a weird defense and it's tough, very tough to play against. So I didn't think the anyone would put it up to us, but the Raptors really did put it up to us. They were yeah. rightly, deservedly so in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, I think there's been a few surprises. I think, yeah, the Raptors have come on a lot and it's a different team. Do you know, they they really are, Mm -hmm. they are a standout. For me, from afar, flag in Ireland is actually hard to follow from afar. Kidded is a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of footage and yeah, you can chat to people. It's also the most games you're going to get on any weekend is maybe six get it and that's probably max yeah. whereas flag you can get any amount of games <laughs> so it's honestly there isn't a huge amount of uh, point but I think a big surprise from the outside looking in is the Vipers I think that they are I mean so much better than we would have ever have thought that they were going to be um, yeah. coming up into this division this year so I think credit to them that's it's brilliant and um, mm-hmm, 100% yeah, you know, they, they might be... Best, best, best set of jerseys, I think, out there as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think their jerseys have been like a point of contention for for a good wee while. They get a little bit of stick over it. But yeah, and then who is your MVP, do you think, for the season? My MVP for the season, it would have to go to to Jamie on our team. I really would. He proved so much. I mean, it, it, it's funny, like on the Wolfhands, he's on defense, but for us, he was, he was solely offense. Is this um, Jamie Leonard, is it? Jamie Leonard, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, just made some magical plays. And then there's, there's another guy, Stephen Gillis, the other receiver for us. He just made some spectacular catches. That man cannot catch an easy pass. He just makes miraculous <laughs> catches. To be honest, like, I, I, like I, I say Jamie, but there's another guy, Ben Maher, he was single-handedly saved us the finals that time. He picked off Pete in the end zone on the last play of the game. Again, Ben, maybe five foot ten going up against six foot whatever plus players like. And he just he makes ridiculous interceptions and again saved us the game. So again, yeah. he's another standout. And he did something similar against the Raptors 
for the game as well. He's yeah. just a little Tasmanian devil. He's fantastic. <laughs> That's great. And we've kind of found our way back then to the bowl itself, which, as you've kind of said already, yeah. was a pretty exciting fixture, you know. And for all of it, you came out on top, but you're somewhat evenly matched in that, that it came down so, clo- so close. Was there yeah. ever a point that you started to get worried or started to feel like... Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So... So to be in all fairness, we were not converting our extra points as efficiently as we should have. So had we have done that, it wouldn't have been a worry. Obviously, I think we missed out like five extra points. And if, yeah, so that, that was a lot. Then we were marching down the field and I always find it easier to be behind. So play, play being behind and play being ahead. And I'm like in that final drive, I made some poor decisions. And then at the fourth, anyway, so the clock, we didn't shoot the clock as much. And then fourth down, back of the end zone. The, thank God he's not here today, but he dropped a pass. Dougie dropped a pass uh, in the back corner, <laughs> wide open, straight into his hands. So yeah, we were, I think we were up by four or five, whatever the, whatever the score was. So then yeah, Peter Lockhart, you can't, you, and the rest of the Cowboys team and over you cannot count them out in any shape or form. Like I don't remember it at all, but uh, Alan Barnwell, Barney, as we call him, he was on the sideline and he goes, Joe, you've got to be quiet. Like, cause he was telling me all I was saying, like, oh, we're done. We're over. It's done. Oh, it's no. over. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize, but apparently that's what I was doing. Uh, yeah, the whole anyway. team's like, guys, Joe's on the edge. He's on the edge. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, black, I blacked out there. So yeah, it was that was that was nerve wracking. That was very nerve wracking. I thought we lost it. I really did. Particularly, I think they made it down to what the, the three yards from our end zone, and then luckily Ben made the, the Ben Mar made the pick and sealed the forest like. But yeah, I, I thought we were done. I really did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Like that is so funny, <laughs> Barney saying that. I mean, he, it's good advice. It's like you can think it, but don't say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's was, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, you it know. was a good win. Like out of, out of all the wins I've had, that was like that one meant a lot. That one meant a lot. Yeah, and it's one of those. Look, a final is always a final, but it, there's something about a final that comes down to the wire like that it's it just makes it such a like a special game especially when up to that point you've been even pretty comfortable I know you're saying there has been like teams that give you good games and all that but you know an undefeated mm-hmm. streak is an undefeated streak same with the Cowboys for it to kind of it, I think it would have been almost anticlimactic if one of had blown the other one out of the yeah. water or something like that. Whereas, like, it just goes to show the the standard of of flag football that was being played at the at the top of the table really, really is very even and and very strong as well. But I mean, it's no fluke that you won it, and these things it doesn't go right for you on on offense, let's say, and then defense can step up and and make the play. Just yeah. somebody needs to make the play somewhere, and you did that, and that's a credit to the to the training, to the organization, to every piece of work that you did up to that to that moment where you, you won that game. That's what it all boils down to. So where do you go from here now? You know, what's what is next for the Panthers? We want to get better. That's the key thing for us. We want to get better. That includes you know, training as often as possible. We've got tournaments to go to. We're definitely going to one in Glasgow. We are looking everywhere possible to go abroad, to look at the different tournaments. Because we want to learn, we want to get better. We want our players to learn, we want to get our players to get better. Again, the coaches, myself, Ryan and Ben, we were having a conversation not too long ago and we are, we are flag players and we love playing flag. But the key thing is that we want 
our players to get better. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, there's five people on offense, five people on defense, plus whatever subs come on. We want the best people out there. And the only way to do that is to coach them, is to train them. But there's only so much we can do. So that's where going abroad, playing as many games as possible, that's that's the biggest step for us. And obviously you're going to repeat a championship. <laughs> Run it back. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that sounds absolutely amazing. Listen, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today on the podcast. I think you've absolutely freaking killed it. It was great to kind of get an insight into what's going on and what it takes to win a, a flag football championship. So thanks. Thanks a million. We'll get you on again soon. Yeah, thank you very much. And again, shout out to you guys. You know what I mean? I think we were talking before that we uh, we started hitting the record button. But again, like I get excited when the little notification pops up when a new podcast comes out. So uh, fair play to the three of us. It is. The podcast is 10 out of 10. So Ryan Eccles, fondly known as Reckles, and also Slurms as well is another... <laughs> another nickname that I've heard yeah. you were able to join us which is brilliant please just like introduce yourself your roles in the Panthers flag football and then how you got involved in football to start with yeah my name is Ryan I have been around flag football I think since I was 17 um, so which is 2018 is when I originally started playing flag football and the reason why I purely got into football was because of Madden 16 and I remember just abusing Julio Jones and Odell Beckham Jr and I was like you know what that looks like so much more fun than I was playing Gaelic at the time and I was like that looks so much more fun it's like 100% intensity for two seconds, I was like, I love doing that. I've been with the Panthers since what? To, since 2018. And then just wanted to do kitted. And also flag was another way to just get more reps at receiver. So I thought it was nearly like a gateway for me. And ever since, just been hooked on it. Just been wanting to know more. And I think always asking the questions of why. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing I was interested in. In why is everything like that? Or why do we do it like that? But yeah. That's kind of me this year. I stepped in as head coach for the flag football team, which was which is a huge honor. It was a, a thing, I think, since I joined the club that I wanted to do. I just wanted to win with the club and I wanted, that was my goal since joining was to win the Panthers first silverware, whatever that may be, and whatever division or whatever competitiveness that may be. I just, that was my goal since I joined the team. But yeah, just kind of float around everywhere. I've been like last year, the year before was OC. And then Joe this year was also made an absolute show of me. So, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not, yeah, because my <laughs> that's kind of where it, where it all came from. But, yeah. Very good. Because myself and and Joe, we were we were chatting earlier, and we were wondering when did flag start in the Panthers? I can't remember. What did what did you say, Joe? Did you say? The year before last, or it was it the year before when you won the glass bowl that time? Or was it, was, it was the glass bowl for sure. I think it was funny enough. Flag was going around. I think so. The club started in 2014, and I think it was flag started in 2015, but zero competitive. Well, not competitiveness, but I would say they were competing all right, but not taken seriously. Or it was more just um, a weekend, like a Saturday football league for them, I believe. Um, there was no real role or responsibility. I think the oldest, there's, we only have two members on the club this year's team that have played in that 2015 and that's Stephen Gillis and Ryan Hewitt. And they're the only two left from that team. Wow. So it's it's changed, it's chopped so much. But yeah, that's it started in 2015 and I think it got really good last year. Yeah. Started actually sure. being taken seriously. Yeah, I think he's been... Or two years much, before that. We've been pretty much, well, undefeated for the last two years. Am I right in saying that? No. So we we were four and two in last year's division. Oh. Uh, we were four and two and we lost to the Quitzels and the Minotaurs. And 
I, I just haven't forgot about that. Like, that was the thing that was like, I have not forgot about losing to them two people. Um, so whenever we play against them again, I'm looking forward to it, either or team. But that was the last time we lost. And I don't know. I just, it's just a team that like, we're just so fortunate to what we have now. It's just timing is everything with the team as well. But yeah, that was the last time we, we officially lost a game of flag football. Yeah. Well, I asked Joe earlier because Joe has played with different teams and then joined the Panthers this year. And I asked the, what the difference for him was this year versus other years. And I'm not going to tell you what he answered. You'll, you'll get to enjoy that maybe like after this, once this is eventually published, could be a good while. Sure. But um, I was going to ask you then, you know, what's the difference between, let's say, last year and this year, where this year things just seem to be hugely elevated in Panthers flag? Yeah, I think what last year I, I said it to the guys and it was it's very a different perspective on the whole thing itself. Because last year we knew we had potential to be good. Like we knew because the year before that we made playoffs and just lost to the hurricanes. We just we lost by a score and it was once again one of them games that you say if we could have done something different. But last year when we made it to the playoffs, we were big underdogs, I thought. Um like we barely made it. We were a wildcard team. And it was more to do with I knew we could win, but this year I genuinely expected us to win this one. And that was the big difference. I think with our team, it was we set the standard for everything. And last year was we were trying to find where we sat. And then once we won, it was nearly like a relief because one, we we actually won what we aspired to be and aspired to do. But this year it was nearly, I said it to the guys, was, we expect, I expected us to do this. I expected us to win this game or expected us to win this whole thing out. Right? Just because it was everything that kind of fell into place which was like I keep on saying the timing is genuinely everything and like the players we got just out of nowhere is guys from Austria guys from Germany just kind of fell into our laps at the perfect time and also as well not from last year was any different but like the bond in this team is by far the best bond and gel I've ever ever been a part of any team kitted flag every other sport I've played this is by far the most bonded I've ever seen a team like we everyone looks out for each other on this team majorly I know it's kind of two in our own horn but I, I can't express that enough it's just a seriously good bond the team has right now and it hopefully it will have in the future yeah there's nothing there's nothing quite like that I've had had teams like that before where I've just felt so close with them like actually mainly rugby when I was like a teenager like teenager playing but I remember just going out onto the pitch and feeling like I would die for any of the girls that I was going out with and you just you do you play out of your skins when you feel like that about the person that's standing next to you on the pitch like it is it's um it's a very strong bond you can't describe it but actually the kind of nicely brings me to a question then where it's like okay so you're you're the head coach you have this goal that you want to win the silverware and you succeeded in creating that bond, getting everyone gelled and getting everyone kind of on board with that vision that you had. But how did you do that? You know what I mean? What were you thinking, let's say week one, where you're like, how am I going to get these guys to buy in to this vision that I have for the team? I think it's a great question. And it's, it's funny because I've been in coaching situations where I've genuinely felt like I couldn't or nearly like I was nearly spoon feeding people at times beforehand, not in American football and other sports when I was a bit younger. And it felt, I think I said it to the guys in the first Zoom meeting. I remember, <laughs> I remember being like, tell me the exact drill. Why are you doing this drill? Tell me why you're doing this drill. Are you trying to achieve anything in this drill? And after about three weeks or about a month into it, I was just like, D you have an hour, do what you want. And it's, it was the trust level. And that was huge because 
I think before in other sports, I've had trust issues with people of them. Like he's not going to do the job I need him to do. Or yeah. as honest as that sounds, but it was the guys I had so, so much trust for the coaching staff. I could literally say you have that one hour. That's, that's what you need to do. And that was it. Like I trusted the guys after a month. It was kind of my waiting period where they were just like, no, I can fully totally trust it. But as well as that, it, going back to what the difference is between last year and this year, it was, I had to kind of keep, I was the devil's advocate because people were already saying like, no, this game's an easy one or I've already won this before getting on the field. And I had to be the person who's pointing and being like, let's not treat any of this or let's treat this like a final game or just always trying to have a challenge within a game, even if we're trashing them. Like we have to have a challenger. We have to do something that's better than just, oh, we won 50 something or whatever. It didn't make a difference, but seeing what we could do and not being complacent in it and it's trying to take every rep, I think, to the most advantage that we possibly had. I think that was their, the goal. And I think we executed it perfectly. But like, as far as like trusting the lads, the coaches, like I can't, Ben and Joe were just fantastic. It was just, it was fantastic. It took the stress off me just to be a head coach and just be nearly like a supervisor for the guys. Yeah, that's um, that's brilliant. That's amazing to hear actually. And it's great when it all, all the cogs just work the way that they should. It, it trickles right down to the team, you know, and I think that it shows, it shows in what you did this year. I want to fast forward to the bowl where you were coming off the undefeated run. The Cowboys were also coming off the undefeated run. I asked Joe this uh, from an offensive perspective, but maybe just even from the perspective of the head coach. They're a good team. Like what were you thinking beforehand and what was your kind of game game prep before the game like what type of things did you want to have prepared going into that specific game against this offense this defense that is the Craig Avon Cowboys yeah I, I suppose we had a really like in the playoffs in general as far as planning and executing what we needed to do that day we planned a lot for the Vipers because we were them underdogs from last year as well and we knew what that was meant to be and we knew that mentality of going into a team that there's no expectation so we had a bit of a plan for them guys and as far as the Cowboys I genuinely like if we just stuck to what we were doing all year, we have kind of a set few plays. If we stuck to them, we were going to win. And that was it. I like, it's kind of, it was simple as I had just so much faith in what the guys are doing. And I just genuinely think every time we step on the field, we are going to win, but it's just how we win it is the big thing. And I think, yeah, the final was a, a fantastic game. Like they're the games that you want to be a part of. You don't want to just trash a team. It's just not fun as much as, a one score game with an interception at the end it was just your emotions were absolutely all over the camp and I'm trying to keep calm being like nah lads we're grand we're grand but as soon as me and Joe walked off the field we had nothing I had no control Joe had zero control what was happening and that was the first feel I was like oh my god like I have no I have nothing <laughs> to do with this I only encourage the boys like I could only encourage who was on the field but yeah a fantastic moment and I, I think me and Joe shared like a moment after the game just trying to take it all in because it's you train so much for just, what, 20 minutes of an award ceremony. Like, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Like, as, as terrible as it sounds, it's just like, all right, I've done literally, I'd say, about a week's worth of training for just 20 minutes. So, yeah, we're just really, I was just looking forward to that day so much and playing the Cowboys because we knew they were going to be a good game. Like, that's what you want. You want to always iron sharpens iron and all that jazz, you know. But yeah, big respect to them, I think. Our defense is just a lot of everyone. Like our defense just stood out so much this year as far as how they can just shut people down completely. It's amazing because I think defense is nearly like, I wouldn't say it's not as focused on and flag because it's just a high score and fast game. So yeah. to have a really solid defense that we can get the ball back and we can score 
it was a huge, huge, huge benefit. So yeah, that's all down to Ben and the guys as well. And yeah. again, go like in, in training sessions, like that defense, I think made the offense better because again, like they, like we had to fight for every yard in training because like it is such a, a, so, a good defense. I think it was our, our last training session, piss and rain. And I think we got like 25 yards on them, like 25 yards on a hot, nearly, a, I think yeah. 20 minutes, 30 minutes. 20 yards and it was rushing we just couldn't throw on them and that's good because it like we know if these if we can beat these guys once if we can score a touchdown once a lot of teams can't stop this defense like it's just such a strong defense but yeah yeah absolutely I was going to say it's like statistically the strongest offense going up against statistically the strongest defense in every train in the EJU like so you know I'm not surprised that it's led to good things you spoke about the the bowl game and just how close that bowl game was I was asking Joe earlier I said you know to Joe I was like did you ever think that you know you'd lost the game did you ever start to get worried and he was very candid where he just said like yes <laughs> um, and I'm just wondering like did you ever feel like that was there ever a point in that game where you were like, okay, no, we're like, we actually might not win this today. No, never. I knew we, I was vulnerable, let's say. And my Leroydies were in my, my mouth. <laughs> like, that's as much as, and that was that one drive. It was the final drive when the Cowboys had the ball. That was the only moment where I thought it wasn't, we didn't lose it. I thought it was, the weight was starting to balance out and it could, it could switch. But I knew it was genuinely, if we have five seconds on, clock I think we can score I think we're absolutely fine it's just that last moment once again we had no control of what was happening so it was fun to watch I, I was a bit bro I was a bit <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna say what you said actually on this because it's just bad it's bad but like oh my god it was so because I couldn't say anything what could I say just encouraging everyone who was out there and, and that was that uh, yeah but there's nothing you can I do at that stage it. yeah it's I only worry about things I can't I can control and I couldn't control that but if you were a spectator it was I think a fantastic game to watch like it was high score and it was fast and that final play like is just one I think that will all of us everyone on the team will remember so yeah absolutely Definitely it was I didn't think we'd lose but moments in the middle were I'm not even now. <laughs> I'm gonna just stop there before I just keep spilling on. <laughs> but I was gonna say, like, what trust in your offense and trust in your QB? If you're thinking, if we get the ball back with five seconds, we get the job done. Like, so it's even like we are fortunate and we're like extremely, extremely grateful that Joe and Dougie joined. But like, Joe is a fantastic quarterback. But it's the trust that I think we built up over the whole year was huge, right? It was because okay, let's say Dougie's having an off day, which is, it's it's rare. Like I've never seen the man have an off day, but if he has an off day, you have Jamie. And then if Jamie has an off day, which once again, he, I think he had his big year, it's fine because then you have Steven on out wide and then we have myself at centre. But even if I can't play centre, you have rotation in there as well. Like we are always going to find a way. There's always going to be someone who we could find a way to win the game. And it was amazing that you could have that much trust in everyone who was coming on the field, coming in and out. But yeah, I think helping just people turning up to train and it helps it helps just build, like build that trust level. So yeah, absolutely. Who is your season MVP? Jamie Jamie Leonard just scored stupid touchdowns. I think he scored. I don't know the numbers and I should know the numbers, but I don't. He just scored an outrageous amount of touchdowns. But like the thing with Jamie is like definitely performance leads to an MVP, but the attitude is is just perfect. Like you can really, really go at Jamie and really push him. Like you can give out to him at training and you can push him really hard. And he's just like a sponge. He absorbs it. 
and he didn't ever, ever question what myself, what Joe, what Ben were doing. It was just constant. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no problem. And it's, that's what you want. Like you can't get a better person. He's the most coachable, one of the most coachable people I've ever met. And that's just what made him the MVP. I think he just listened to everything what we taught. Yeah. Brilliant. Unreal. And then uh, again, Joe's given his answer, but what are you, where do you think the Panthers goes from here? How do you keep the, the success going? I don't think we need to do like anything that we're not doing, to be honest. I think keep on doing what we're doing. I think the bond itself that the team has, I think is just going to pull people in because I want to play for other people so much. Like I definitely have fun, but I have so much more fun with the people I'm around. And I think that's with the flag team. I think we have a few like trips this year. We're going to try to plan and we want to travel. We want to just keep on testing ourselves and we kind of want to be in them hard situations where games are going to be one score games that we win by. So yeah, I think the plan is get the band back together hopefully for next year and just travel as much as we possibly can. We want to just play the best people ever. Even if it's we're getting trashed, we'll learn something from getting trashed. The coherence between your answers is <laughs> absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like, you know that game where it's like the Mr. and Mrs. and they hold up the paddle boards and it's like, whether it's like pink or blue. Like, I feel like I'm just in like a weird altered version of that where I've like asked Joe all the questions and now I'm asking you and you're basically given the exact same answer <laughs> each time it's just yeah it's all we talk about like it's like we all we're having the same conversations you know it's just it's it's we're just we're, we're one like as ryan said one huge cohesive unit like no matter yeah. who you are whether whether if we don't have a water boy but the water boy would be saying the exact same thing as, as we're saying, like you get anyone on from the team, they'll all be saying the exact same thing that we're saying here. Um, yeah, because again, like Ryan said, the bond of this team is, is second to them. Again, played several sports, playing flag or football with several teams. There's, there's nothing like this. I've, I've never experienced anything like this. Yeah, it's phenomenal to see it happen in real time as well, to be, to, to be totally honest. Like before we go, is there is there anyone that you feel you need to give like a, a shout out to or is there anything that you, you want to mention before the end of this? No, I think there's a massive shout out to be had. It's, I think it's funny, but it's the amount of complaining or complacency or comments about it. Like as much as it is, I, I appreciate people who do these kind of roles of like director, flag, flag everything like this it's it's just any board position even in clubs in general it's you never you're never appreciated as much as you think you'll be appreciated but to people who are doing it to i know g i think stepped down this year but to these type of people who nearly just take the punches and keep on saying yeah but we'll organize it like this i i appreciate them especially i think ben stepped up this year and i think he's stepping up again they're worth their weight in gold like these people are trying to do this out of their own time and i think people that's what we need to understand as well. It's these people are doing this for free and we just need to appreciate these guys more. And I think that's my overall takeaway from everything, even Wolfhounds to yourselves as well. It's just, we're doing this for free. We're doing this for fun as well, but we all have fun doing it. And I, I genuinely appreciate everything that goes on around AFI, like the people who step up and want to do things. It's a lot to say, actions speak louder than words. So yeah, to, to everyone who does all the backroom stuff, genuinely, I appreciate you all. Yeah. That was lovely. That was just a nice moment, wasn't it? I nearly, I nearly <laughs> cried. I nearly cried. I nearly cried. Nearly that's, cried. That was lovely. I actually, yeah, you know, I'm feeling great myself after that. <laughs> yeah. 
There you go. That's that's a snippet of what the speech is. Fantastic. <laughs> right. Well, I I think that brings us pretty much to the end of the of the interview. Like, look at. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks so much, Kelly. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Kelly. Appreciate the work. The Emerald Bowl champions of 2022. Thanks again to everybody who came on. We really appreciate you. From G to Minotaurs to Panthers, you know, you guys obviously helps you guys getting getting that platform yourselves, but it gives us something to talk about, I suppose. We love hearing different opinions and different kind of uh, insights from different clubs and different personalities around the league and around the island. So, yeah. I think that's, is that us? I think so, yeah. I suppose we'll, we'll plug the old, uh, oh, actually, hold on. This is an aside, I suppose you can leave this in or out. Did we actually ever say on the podcast that we won or that we came second in the awards for the, oh. for the podcasting. Jesus, I don't know that we ever actually did. Isn't that so funny? I totally forgot about that. I, I know um, we did in the I know we did on the socials. We put like a post up. We did, yeah. But yeah, no say, well if this, if this is to be our last episode of twenty twenty two, all I was gonna say was in the last episode maybe we bring it up and be like, Hey, by the way, thank you so much for you know, building us help you know, helping us build this up and and get nominated and, and, and place really sort of prestigious award. It means a lot to us and we appreciate the support and stuff like that. So I thought maybe, you know, like a, as a yearly kind of send off at the end. Oh yeah. Well I think we could put that into our winners and losers episode because we could have yeah. that as we were winners. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the first one of 2023, yeah? It's like, and the biggest winner was sport, and then the silver winner was the domestic game. <laughs> like, that'll be, so, um, so yeah, 2023 one. So, yeah. Keep cool. that line in your pocket. Keep that line in your pocket for when we, uh, for when yeah. we record that episode. We'll to... <laughs> right, yeah. So, so we'll get back to the closing this off. Yeah, I I suppose we'll wrap it up there, guys. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this little family we have. We have been your hosts of The Domestic Game. I'm Joe Kinahan. I'm Kelly Cooper. And we'll see you in the next one.